Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and as always, I wish you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune in to today's podcast from. And we're talking festivals um, on today's podcast, and more specifically, brands, um, brands and their presence at festivals, um, and what they may need to be thinking about how they need to be approaching their brand activations at festivals. Um, it all sounds a bit vague, as it always does at the start of this podcast, because things always become clearer when I bring in the actual brains behind these podcasts, which is always our guest. And I'm delighted to say that our guest today is a first-time uh, podcaster, somebody who has not just not been on the Event Industry News podcast, but not been on any podcast, which I always find surprising nowadays. But nonetheless, he is very, very welcome. Mr. Adam Goodman is the Managing Director for ACA Live and joins us this morning. Adam, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, James. Thank you. How are you doing? Very well, thank yeah. you. And and for a first time podcast, that's a very pro setup, loud and clear. Thank you. We're getting I've had some help. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, a, a pleasure to have you aboard on the podcast. And as I said um, loosely at the start, um, brands and their presence at festivals. This is something that um, has been become commonplace. Anybody who has been to a festival, worked at a festival, will know the value of brands and their participation in festivals, mm -hmm. the revenue streams that they bring, and of course the opportunities that they are afforded as a brand with the audiences that they can interact with. Um, we're very much going to be sort of looking at what they may be able to do and 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 some of the experiences that you've got professionally of working with those brands at your own events. But let, let's backtrack a little bit first of all. And as a, a first-time guest on the podcast, why don't we just um, give a little perspective as to what ACA Live do, who they are, how you started, a bit of background there. Yeah, um, thanks. So, so um, well, I'm Adam and we are um, a brand experience and creative production agency. And we've been going for about 13 years and I've been in the industry forever. Um, I did a degree <laughs> in lead at Leeds in hospitality business management. And it was there that I fell in love with the events industry when I was on placement at the Langham Hotel. And I worked in Compton Banking. I didn't really enjoy the hotel side. I really enjoyed the event side. And that was me. I was hooked. On, on events and it was everything from the production to the creative to the logistics all of it this sort of this combination of, of of pulling stuff together and then seeing it through and you know we we work uh you know across a, a broad sector of clients we have quite a few uh, drinks clients that we we do events for but we we our core business is creating experiences that enable brands and businesses to um engage um with their audiences whether that's consumers or, or or employees and it's all about the experience um, and that connection mm. and when we talk about the experience and the connection you know historically and, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that no thought has gone into this in in the past because of course it has but you know um it, it could the, the the spectrum of of quality in terms of the activation that you would see from brands at any given event varied quite dramatically, didn't it? It could be a couple of people stood in branded baseball caps trying to hawk goodie bags into people's hands as they walk yeah. past and those people doing the dance of sort of running away from them or grabbing it and looking at it and realising, oh, I don't really need anything that's in here. What do I do with it now? Mm -hmm. And of course, it can range up to the spectacular as well. Uh, um, are we are we trying to push maybe a more consistent approach to this, or is or is there quite a, a major rethink that needs to happen? Having had this sort of two year reset where festivals didn't operate, has it been a good opportunity to maybe take a step back and for the brands that you work with to really rethink 
how they how they activate themselves at these events? Well, I think fundamentally the the principles are the same. You know, I, I think it's really important to really understand who your audience are and what it is that they you know that that they like doing. And I think the the key things really is. Um, you know, I think you want to come when you come to these events, you come as fans, uh, the branch come as fans as opposed to um, just marketeers. And I think that's really important that you that you, you, you know, you, you, you sort of bring, you bring yourself to these, uh, to these experiences and really understand and, and what, what it is that um, the consumers are looking for. Mm-hmm. And don't shove things down people's throats. I think it's just a very considered, uh, insightful approach to how you deliver. Um, mm. activations and, and i suppose there will be a, a, a level of fundamental um you know processes that any brand would go through but how greatly does it vary depending on the type of brand depending on what they're ultimately attempting to push um you know i think of something you know fairly um common at a festival for example like a, a drinks brand you know <laughs> is is it just about opening up a fancy looking pop-up bar and having some people stood with trays and samples is it very much about getting the drink into that into the people's hands how would they go about approaching it well no I th- again i it, it's it's about knowing your audience i think it's get, making sure you go to firstly to the right festivals where your audience are going to be because it's a fantastic opportunity but i think you what what you're able to do is engage with people in a very very relaxed um chilled surroundings mm. and um, and i think what you need to be doing is adding value to their experience as opposed to just shoving stuff in in their face mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and i think look certainly with drinks and food sampling is key you know we've very much believe the, the you know that there's this term liquid to lips certainly with mm. with with drinks brands and that's a the tried and tested way of getting people to buy a product is for them to try it yeah um, but you have to come up with 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 you know with clever ways of doing that and you I, I think gone in my view gone are the days of just standing there and handing out samples there has to be a story to it there has to be a reason why they're coming don't ram it down their throats let them discover this brand as as the brand's personality as well and not just standing there with as i said just handing out samples and samples with no with no context to it i, I remember some i remember uh, a, a podcast um uh, probably from four maybe five years ago now and i forget who the guest was so apologies if the if this lady is listening and you go oh that was me that was me that said that please please tweet us and, and remind <laughs> us but um it was somebody who said that that festivals are so much more fam- family orientated now regardless of the content of them you see so many more families parents bringing their kids to festivals which is a, a great thing and her suggestion was that the first with all these fantastic food stalls that you have now and artisan producers and the the, the wealth of of, of uh, option that we have for food that she wants to see a stall that just does boiled pasta and ketchup for kids <laughs> well, because they could be so far as she said the first the first operator to go into the festival market that just sells boiled pasta and ketchup for a couple of quid for kids for parents with kids because that's all they'll eat yeah. um would be great and the reason i bring that into the conversation <laughs> is because um when you talk about giving them the experience and adding to their experience is it also about identifying what some of the 
the pain points are for yeah. people going to festivals. And in that instance, families with young children, you know, what are the pain points of going to a festival? Yes, you have a great time, but if you've got young children, they'll want cold drinks. They will want eating. They'll probably want things a little bit more frequently than an adult would. Yeah. You know, is it about brands looking at the audience and opportunities like that and saying, actually, we could offer something for the children that would help enhance the experience of the parents. Um, yes, it it depends on what the brand is. I think you know. I think if, if we talk about drinks brands in particular, you know, we've there's always been this this question: do do drinks brands go to uh, at, turn up at festivals where there's lots of kids? And it's always a, a, an interesting dilemma because. Yes, there'll be lots of kids there, but your target market is also there, the the parents. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I think you know trying to align, uh, we would we would avoid trying to align um, appealing to children with a specific drinks brand. I think that's just no, of course that, that that we've done. But I think but I think identifying pain points is is absolutely is what what should be done. I mean, there's very, very interestingly, you know co-op now are doing a click and collect service at um at three or four festivals which i think you know is, is great then year you know and years ago i think ee did a charging ball station where it was they had sort of these wi-fi hotspots around uh, yeah. around and hunter wellies you know this sort of yeah shoe, the shoe amnesty bring us your shoes and we'll give you a pair of wellies all of these little things i just think are really really smart and you don't have to you, you don't have to go big. You just got to really just consider, think, think about, yeah, you are a consumer yourself. What do you, you know, what is it that you would, uh, that you, you would want at a, a festival? Mm. Um, I alluded to this sort of um, reset period, you know, the, the, the downtime that we all had um, where live events weren't taking place. Um, and I, I've, I've spoken to many organizers, agencies who, you know, really, took advantage of that because you know in normal times we're all working at 100 miles an hour you know that the, the, the events come thick and fast you know and, and we will all have you know it will go like that throughout the year and in the in the quieter periods we're busy planning and then we're delivering it again were you afforded that that with that sort of luxury of time the chance to really think about how you were going to work with clients as a bra uh, uh, as, a, as an agency and as a, as an organizer did you actually do a bit of reset yourselves as a business um not 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 hugely because we we were busy dealing with the the challenges that our clients had during the pandemic which was mm. how can we engage with our audiences when right. we can go out and so right. we so we were busy doing that um mm. but i think you know i think but the what we have seen is the appetite for festivals now is is crazy, and we're finding that when we're speaking to the organisers, who are hitting their targets and then some with sponsors. Right, <laughs> you know, they're they're really um, they're, there's just the appetite. You know, people just want to get out. They forget very very quickly, and they want to get out. And brands who have who unfortunately had to be relatively quiet for two years are now out there and really really want to go for it and some i think will you know will be more considered some will really think about the experience and others will just think want visibility i want visibility i want to go where the people are we've, we've been quiet for two years let's let's get there and and i and i don't think that will change i just think mm. you know but but i think um but but as consumers we are we're we are dying for rich engagement and and fun you know things to do Mm. Well, when when you 
you use the phrase rich engagement um we're we're sort of very closely aligned with our friends over at the event tech live um event and yeah. and and a shout out to adam parry in the event event tech uh, talk show that he does our sister podcast um when it comes to sort of technology and bringing yeah. tech I- into the equation um how has that developed and what are brands sort of doing now um to sort of bring some of the techno- technological developments that are available to them into their activation yeah plans? I, again i think I, I i think tech is really really interesting it's something that you know we we talk about as an agency and how can we integrate it should we integrate it and i've always been a firm believer of don't use tech just for the sake of it because mm-hmm. uh, especially and, and i think a lot of people were perhaps trying to do that over the last couple of years now this tech a lot of this tech's already been there um but it was just brought to the to the to the front as as a result of of the recent pandemic and i think um you know tech at festivals that you know one of the challenges you've got is internet connectivity and all that kind of stuff so you've got to be very very careful with with how you use it i think the use of qr codes is a really is really interesting um and again wasn't something that was new it's just kind of come back and it was always in my view a, a no-brainer in terms of being able to track and um, and engage with your consumers and and see how they behave afterwards you know you can you know you can incentivize people at these festivals give them a qr code see how they behave once they've experienced your product at a festival experience something at a festival and i think the use of that is really really interesting and then obviously you've got all the the social media stuff and the photo booths and the you know the photo technology that that's utilized um at events and um yeah so look, i'm of the view just don't use it for tech for the sake of it um, for me and us in the agency, it's always been about, look, what solution, what's, what are you trying to do? What's the content? And then find the right solution for that, whether that be tech-based or whether, whether it just be actors engaging, you know, whether it be something. And I think that's, that for me is a, a really important um, approach to, to sort of delivery. I'm I'm not sure sort of how much how much detail you could offer in, into this sort of next question or discussion point, but on the subjects of social media, we I suppose going back ten years really had you know two or three obvious options. You know, fa- Facebook maybe uh, when when Twitter started to allow you know pr- promoted posts mm-hmm. and things like that, but the 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 various different platforms that are now available of, of those. How closely do you, do you work with clients to identify whether or not the demographic of the audience at a particular event is going to be relevant to a particular social media platform, or if it's not, is 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 the thinking to still do them all, or is it very much actually no? Let's take a look at which ones we think are likely to be the ones most utilised by the audience that we're targeting. Yeah, look, we we don't specialise in 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 social media and we we work with digital agencies to support us with that and we're always talking about clients the best way to amplify Mm. what it is we're you know we're doing whether it's pre or on site and i think there is a strategy to it it's identifying you know where you know but but it you know the the whole the, the strategy for for where you turn up is also intrinsically linked to the platforms that you would use anyway so i think you're right there are some um you know some groups will use Twitter, some will use Facebook, some Instagram. TikTok, I think, is a really interesting platform. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's quite young at the moment, but I think there are more and more brands are seeing the value in it. And I think there's, oh, from what I from what I gather, it, it's it's getting a bit more, a bit more momentum. And I know some, 
brands are a bit nervous about using it, but I think I think we may see that used a bit more with with brands in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the physical manifestation of of um, a, a brand's presence at yeah. a festival, you said that there is this real desire and 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 the festivals and events that you um, that, that that you uh, work for and, and with <clears throat> have met their targets and exceeded those targets. How are those uh, brand activations and presences at festivals manifesting themselves physically in terms of the production that is planned to go on site? You know, we are recording this for context of anybody who is who is listening in future on the 23rd of May. So we are sort of just on the precipice of the summer event season, the Jubilees around the corner. Um, yeah. What what are you seeing on site that's coming onto site this year? Well, you know, there, there, there's some really, you know, I think there's a, there's a, a big mix. There's a big mix of sort of programmed content mm-hmm. combined with just very, very big. Here's a really, really big bar with lots <laughs> of with lots of presence, and we'll do lots of little things around here. And they'll, and they'll be the, you know, I, I saw some of these really, really huge brands. And then there's some that, again, you know, we're we're working with with a number of brands where we're we're doing some really engaging sort of one-on-one experiences, um, and um really quite immersive and others where where it's you know it's just a, a really lovely place to come and chill but we're going to enhance your the you know a lot of people are going to festivals for music and so we will program and we're we're creating you know, i've always believed that certain brands that we work with we should be creating this uh, a destination for them to come to sure. um and and so we're creating you know we're programming programming stage with amazing djs and amazing drinks um, and yeah, and so I, I guess it's just a, that there's a whole sort of um, wrath of, of of activations that are being delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it comes to, with the DJ side of things, that's an, that's an interesting one because you know, without, without being cliched about it, certain certain drinks, certain types of drinks, you would maybe you know associate with certain types of of, of music, and you know that th- there's a careful sort of curation process maybe that 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 could and maybe does already take place you know in terms of what type of music are we going to play to to be associated with this particular drink because that very much music sets a mood doesn't it it sets a tone of a, of, of an area and environment yeah. um is, is that something that you will work closely with as well yeah absolutely because I, but i think even before you've got to that you you've identified you know you have identified the the festival as as having the the right demographic of people but also the right genre of music, the right style of, I suppose the right vibe um, Mm. for that festival will fit the brand. And again, when you're working with festivals, if we're programming um, our our, our sort of our um, activation, we have to work very closely with with the festival organizers to make sure that it's aligned, it's aligned with what they're doing and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sort of conflict. So I think, um, you know, again, some of our brands are, 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 are very, closely aligned in in music culture mm-hmm. and and really want to you know and want to enhance that and so it's it is kept the the roster that we've gone in is is carefully curated for that mm-hmm. reason yeah absolutely how was um how has the the sort of this this demand for sponsorship opportunities at, at, at events and live events um change your own operations have you had to expand your team has it resulted in you know an increased workload for you guys does it have that knock-on effect no no not massively we, we've always we, we've always had a very strong core team and then as and when we need to we would we would flex up so you know our our, 
are, the team that we've got are very good at juggling. <laughs> um, but we've got a lot of experience in, in festivals, uh, you know, and also we won't overstretch ourselves. So you know, we make sure that we, you know, we've got we've got the right people to deliver the right the, the right projects. And uh, you know, we have we also have a, a whole uh, sort of a big black book of, of freelance resource that we can call upon when we get to those pinch points on site, mm-hmm. because it does, as you probably know, when you're having worked on festivals, it does require a certain type of person a certain skill to be able to operate effectively i think on on festival sites yeah um you really need to you just need to know what you're doing you need to know what to look out for from a delivery perspective but also from a you know from a, a consumer perspective and and you know i think you've got to really enjoy that as well they are it's long yeah. hours and there is a lot of walking from your from where you're yeah. standing to, yeah. to the activation so yeah i mean we, we, we and we we're very fortunate i've got a fantastic team and and a, and a whole load of people we can call upon to, to support that excellent um it, it it would be remiss of us not to um address the topic of sustainability yeah. when it comes to activations it's it's really important it was um as i've said before on the podcast over the last 12 months or so something that really sort of reached almost a crescendo of noise in the industry loads of good ha- stuff happening just pre-pandemic and then understandably that crescendo sort of died a little bit it's great to see that that is now creeping back up again as as we really are in full flow once again the topic of sustainability is yeah. is rightly back back at, at the fore um how are brands approaching the topic of sustainability even down to sort of the most basic traditional things that you will have seen you know right back when you started you know of, of simple handouts stuff that yeah. may be handed out and then thrown away 30 seconds later well, I mean, look, sustainability—it's the—it's the—it's the buzzword, and 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 sustainability, and quite rightly, it needs to be on the forefront. But again, um, you can—it's—you it, know—you need to be as sustainable as you can. Um, but there were practicalities to that as well. You know, it is—it's at the moment it's quite expensive to to activate in a really really sustainable way. So it's this very very fine balance of of doing as much as you can and being really, really aware. Um, you know, a lot of the festivals now are, you know, are, I think it's Shambhala, for example, you know, um, carbon neutral footprints and they're meat free and fish free. And, you know, and there's, and, you know, I guess what brands are doing all they can. So, you know, uh, no single use, no plastics, no, um, uh, you know, aware of their waste, aware of the carbon footprints. Um, and just just being aware, and, and it's we're, you know we're we're only I think we're just touching the surface of it, but I think yeah. brands are more and more aware of it, and I think as we do more and more, it will get better and better. It it will then become more cost effective as well mm-hmm. um, to 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 be able to activate in a pure sustainable way. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it is really really important, and it's something that we look at all of our projects festivals or not it's how can how can we deliver this in the most sustainable way from an event side but also how we operate as a you know as a business as well yeah and i and i guess that sort of loops back a little bit into the technology conversation when you yeah. mentioned things like you know qr codes and and you, I, I was grinning slightly when you when you said that because I, i've said you know almost the same thing about qr codes they've been around for ages yeah. and nobody was really quite sure what to do with them or where to deploy them. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits, restaurants open back up a few months later, but you can only eat outside. Oh, great. We can use them to access a menu. Oh, now we can use them to do this. Oh, people can order at the, their table. And suddenly from nowhere, everyone knew how to use a QR code. Yeah. 
suddenly every and which is a great great thing and i suppose just looping that sustainability topic background that that's very much where i suppose elements of technology absolutely. can play their part yeah absolutely um it, yeah the qr code is is you know I, i'm a i'm a big fan of of, of those and, and how you can utilize them for as you said for for menus for engagement for tracking for all sorts of clever ways and and i said it's not it's not it's not new technology no um, and it's not expensive either which you know which also helps uh, absolutely yeah. and i guess it's like like any sort of technology the, the, the some of the best stuff has been around for you know yeah. for, it does tend to be around for a while and then suddenly there's something that instigates a boom in, yes. in whatever it is and um that that will go on for forever i'm sure yeah. um we're, we're getting towards the end of time on on today's okay. episode adam but um be before we go um are you i know that you know a lot of the time uh agencies and organizations like yours will work closely with clients but not necessarily on a secretive basis but you know there will be a level of confidentiality involved in that process but um are you able to to give us an insight into some of the stuff that you may be working on this summer you don't necessarily need to name the brands it would be great if you could but yeah what, what are you we're, working we're, on that's we're working with some with some well-known drinks brands on on activations across multiple festivals um some are very heavily sustainability based which um so you know uh which, which will be really really engaging really fun and and you know the the brand itself is rooted in sustainability um and um i i, I guess this i'm not, not going to mention any you know any names but sure. I, anyway the brand's rooted in sustainability and the activation is rooted in that as well which is really you know it's got a really rich story to, to be able to tell mm -hmm. um and we're working with other brands where um uh, you know where it's it's just come on it's fun it's energetic it's as i said it's sort of um programmed music mm. program stages um and then we're doing you know we we've got it why i love what i do is because it is so varied mm -hmm. um, and we're all over the place you know we're at secret garden party we're at um pride pride festival we're at kendall calling all points east all these really fun uh, fun places. I haven't been to a festival in years, um, so I'm looking forward to putting some wellies on. I was just about to ask you, have you, yeah. have you had to sort of rummage around at the back of the shed or in the attic and, I have and, indeed, and dig yeah. out all the stuff that maybe hasn't seen the light of day in a couple yes. of years? Yep, I have. Yeah. My wife's very jealous. I think she'd like to come with. Well, it's, it's work it's business it is work absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it is business um we have been talking on the podcast today uh to mr adam goodman adam is the md at aca live talking a little bit about how brands are coming back with a bit of a boogie to this festival season and some of the stuff that they're going to be doing um and uh some of the stuff that uh, maybe some uh, festival goes will be seeing um this uh, this coming summer if you want to find a little bit more about what Adam and the team at ACA Live are up to. ACALive.co.uk is the place to go to. You can uh, go on their website and, uh, well, go from there. I don't need yes, to I tell know. anybody how to use a website. I'm sure <laughs> I, I'd be very surprised if somebody's managed to stumble across a podcast and doesn't know how to use a website. Go on there and find out what they're up to. Adam, uh, great to have you on the show today. Um, real pleasure to speaking to you for the first time. And um, I've no doubt that, uh, you know, that that's it. You've, you've ticked the first time box now. Yeah. You will now be known as a returning guest <laughs> when we see you in future. Thanks very much, Shane.
If you are listening to this podcast on one of your uh, podcast platforms via audio only, don't forget that you can go over to eventindustrynews.com and check out video versions of all of these podcasts, as well as the latest news features, supplements, and of course, all of those supplier directories if you are looking for anything within the events industry for your own event. If you are already on the website and you're watching this today, a very warm welcome to you. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget that you can listen to audio only versions of all of our event industry news podcasts just by going to wherever you get your audio podcasts from and searching for event industry news. It brings us to the end of today's episode. Our thanks once again to our guest today, Mr. Adam Goodman from ACA Live. My name's James Dixon. We'll see you on the next edition. Goodbye, everybody. Mm -hmm.